Wednesday, August 19th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynesy, the Indians made it four straight with a win in extra innings on Tuesday night over the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, it was the, uh, we're going to call this the replay game. The, uh, yeah. uh, aided by replays and in a couple of instances, the Indians uh, finally got a couple to go their, their way and, and break the right way. Uh, most notably the three-run home run in the 10th inning that was called a, a home run fair uh, on the field by the umpires and upheld in the replay review. Uh, after that, the Indians go on to win 6-3. And, and really, uh, besides the replays, the story of that game was probably Carlos, Cor- uh, I'm sorry, Carlos Santana uh, coming up with five RBIs and, and really you know, finally having a game where he he made a difference in the middle of that lineup. Yeah, definitely, Joe. I mean, he gets the, uh, you know, he gets a two-run single in the third, kind of gets the Indians on the board, gives them the early lead. They're, they were down one nothing, and they, they come back and take the lead. And then, you know, his big home run in the 10th inning, um, that was a shot, man. I, I still don't know if it was fair or foul. or It was like, how, how far do you think that was over the foul ball? Well, I and I actually did some research here and, and looked and saw how what, is there a standard height for foul poles? And I guess there's no set height limit or anything like that. But generally, 50 feet is is what they what is prescribed uh, throughout the ballparks. So that thing was way up there, higher than 50 feet, more than 300 and you know 30 feet away from the plate so it, it looked like it was still going up when it went over the foul pole so uh yeah i to me it it looked like a home run at first first glance because it, it, you're dealing with physics here it looked like it wrapped around or went directly over the foul pole yeah and then continued to hook as it got beyond there right that's how i saw it too i i thought it was going to hook foul but it looked like when it passed over the the top of the foul pole, it looked like it was fair to me. And you got to right. take it straight up, right? You, you right. kind of, you've got right. to imagine the foul pole going up into an in, infinity. So. Right. Infinitely, uh, you know, infinite plane like that. And, you know, Carlos obviously uh, gave it a little body English as he was uh, sort of wavering out of the box there. He sort of gave it the old Carlton Fisk, like you asked it. That was <laughs> yeah. my, fa- my favorite part of the post game last night was Hoynes <laughs> asking Carlos Santana, uh, did you see Carlos? Uh, did you see Carlton Fisk's home run in 1975? <laughs> and and those of us, you know, we knew what what you were talking about. Yeah, Carlos, yeah. I don't Carlos think, had no clue. Carlos, I don't think was he wasn't born yet, and uh, yeah. yeah, he had no idea what was. Uh, I thought maybe he'd seen. I bet he'd seen it somewhere along the line, but didn't even recognize it. But but yeah, that was that was that was one of those question maybe yeah maybe we maybe we give that a little more thought next time (laughs) yeah it's okay it was all right though those of us who were in the room knew what you were talking about carlos had never seen that home run uh of course the the famous carlton fisk 1975 world series home run where he sort of he he kept it fair kept it fair down the foul line yeah, that uh, was great. That, but it, I thought that's immediately what I thought of when I saw Carlos giving it the body language, the body English, and <laughs> trying to keep it fair. But but it's important that home run, you know, is is beyond just winning that game for the Indians. If it if it gets Carlos Santana going and, and sparks something, and boy, he sure doesn't get cheated. Like Tito said, he sure doesn't get cheated when he say, 
When he swings at a ball in the strike zone, you know, he doesn't he doesn't swing when it's not in the zone. When he does swing, he almost looks like he could tear his back out just just swinging so violently. Yeah, that's uh, you know that's the thing that uh, you know Francona has always talked about him. He's so disciplined, you know, on 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 the strike zone and pitches being in the strike zone. But when he's but when he sees one in the zone that he likes, I mean, he's it's just got a violent swing and he, he didn't miss it uh, last night definitely. And uh, you know, it, it was I thought it was a good sign. Uh, you know, the uh, in the third inning he kind of hits a soft soft single to center field. Didn't really overswing, kind of like what the way he hit last year. Used the mm-hmm. whole field, and uh, in the tenth inning, he let it rip. And th- there was a great stat by uh, Elias after the game said that um, since 2010, he is the uh, MLB leader in go-ahead home runs from the ninth inning on. That's a, that's amazing to me. Yeah, I, I, with 13, I remember with thirteen. Thirteen. That's thirteen is a lot. That's a lot of home runs. And you think back to that game against Minnesota last year when he mm-hmm. hit the grand slam in the 10th mm-hmm. inning. And, uh, you know, that, that's kind of a – that's a special skill. And he was asked about that, but I don't think the, – the translation didn't work last night. I don't right, think. right. Yeah. It's, sometimes it's a little hit or miss with, with Carlos, but uh, I give him all the credit in the world for doing his interviews in English yeah. uh, when, when he does. Uh, for for me, the one of those those late the late inning home runs those stand out. Uh, back in 2016, the night uh, Danny Salazar came back from uh, from injury, and they they were playing the White Sox at home in in June, and he hit a walk off home run then uh, late inning game. Uh, I was actually at the game with my kid, and then the next night the uh, Cavaliers won the the uh, NBA Finals. Oh, yeah. So yeah, so, uh, that's, that's, cool. that's what that was like a, a 24 hour period where it was like you went from super high to even higher with the Cavaliers winning. So, uh, yeah, and then I think, you know, the day after the day after he beat the twins last year in extra innings, he did he had a, another one. He did it. Yeah. With against Boston at home, right? Back to back. Right. Yeah. That's exactly right. It was yeah. a Sunday, Sunday in, in, uh, in Minnesota last year. And then he had a walk off, uh, against the, the Red Sox back home when they opened that series. Yeah. Uh, we uh, we actually uh, asked our subtexters about uh, replay review and what they thought about replay review, uh, their feelings. Uh, we want to get into a few of those here. Um, if you want to subscribe, subtext, cleveland.com slash subtext. Uh, Indian subtext is $3.99 a month to get uh, updates from Hoinsey and myself. And it's, it's everything we know about the Indians. As soon as we know it, we send it out to you. Uh, some good stuff here and some good exchanges with our, uh, our subtexters over the last week, especially with the, uh, the podcast. It's the exclusive way to get your questions answered here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Uh, here's, a, here's a couple of uh, sample of the responses we got when we said, uh, what did you think about whether it was fair or foul, and how would you improve or keep a replay uh, review system for Major League Baseball? Uh, the first response was, hey, the replay, the replay system worked just fine. And I guess that's the, uh, that's the overwhelming sentiment for Indians fans tonight uh, uh, as, as they're the ones who won the game. I, I bet you the, the response is a little different in Pittsburgh right now. Yeah, uh, this, definitely. <laughs> this one says, Pittsburgh needs higher foul poles and better camera angles. Uh, and, okay, so you've got to give them money to, make, uh, to, to install more cameras uh, and, and be more accurate. Um, this one says a real Justin Tucker situation 
they need a they need to use Statcast in the replay review. A minute or so after the review ended, they showed a Statcast visual of the home run, and it was clearly fair. Why couldn't they have done that earlier? And I guess he's talking about the uh, the tail on the uh, on the ball on the one replay where you can put like the comet tail on it. Oh you yeah. Traveled. Uh, and that one really didn't actually show or, or prove that the ball was was fair, but it, it just gave a better visual of and made it easier to track the ball. Um, wouldn't Statcast be able to tell if it was fair or foul? I think you try uh, this. This texture is confusing. Uh, it said if it tracks the ball position, it should be able to tell fair or foul. Uh, I, I would think that they would need to improve on that technology from what they have right now because right now. Statcast can tell you exit velocity and launch angle, and it can uh, tell you estimated distances on how far the ball traveled based on your exit velocity and launch angle. But it doesn't tell you; it doesn't like geolocate within the park where the ball is. So uh, maybe they have something uh, a different system that they use for the home run derby where they track where the ball lands there. Uh, but I, I would think you would need something like the Hawkeye system that they use in tennis, right? Yeah, I would think something like that. I I don't know if Statcast is is built to uh, to find fair or foul. Right. I don't, I don't think just, so either. Yeah. Uh, really, to me, the the tricky system it would be some sort of system that would be able to mark the the bases on on first base and third base because the trickiest call for an umpire to me is that ground ball that goes over the first or third base bag, and whether that's fair or foul. Yeah, because you need to be pretty much standing on top of that bag to see if the ball wraps around it or goes over it. So yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, there's there are ways to do this, and there's there's technology that could be used. Uh, I'm I'm assuming that it's just a matter of money and and you know installing such a system in every stadium. Uh, just to get Statcast put into the stadiums right now is is pretty much a a win for baseball. In, in terms of the technology department. Uh, I think it works to turn over a call. It's supposed to be clear that the call was wrong. I've seen too many NFL calls reversed after way too many angles, super slow motion. I think that it takes too much away from the human element. If the call is clearly wrong, change it. But if it takes four or five minutes in super slow motion, then the call should stand. And what do you think about that? That brings in the whole idea of, you know, that, that tag play at second base where, you know, the, the runner's hand slips off the base for a, a millisecond and the tag is on him and, and they, they reverse the call after the umpire had called him safe. Uh, uh, do you think that's the best use of, of replay? I think that's an unintended consequence of replay. You know, when a guy slides into second base, he's clearly safe and he bounces off the bag for a minute, for a second, like you said, and, you know, the, the infielders are taught to hold their gloves on the guy now, and, yeah. and he's out. And that, that's not – I don't think that was the intention of the rule, but that's, you know, that's kind of, you know, one of those things you got to live with. And uh, you've got you got to learn to slide, and when you slide, stick stick, to, stick the bag to the bag like it's Velcro. You, know? <laughs> you have Spider-Man hands or something like that. Yeah. Uh, thought Santana's was a home run, but barely. There were there just weren't enough angles to overturn that great pickoff at second base, which probably saved the game. The replay is great and a needed addition to the game. There just have to be more camera angles to confirm or overturn some of these calls. And I think the the replay center in Secaucus, where all these calls are made from, does have 
enhanced abilities that we're not getting on the TV broadcasts. They can blow up plays and, and see things closer. They can sync plays from different camera angles. Uh, and and I, I don't know if they have any more camera angles available than what we have on the, on the broadcasts, but at least with those two capabilities, uh, it, it makes it a little easier for them as well. Yeah, I, um, yeah, definitely, Joe, definitely. All right, well, let's, uh, uh, let's wrap it up with a couple more here, uh, talking about replay from our subtexters. Uh, it works pretty good from what I can see. There's never an explanation of their rulings, nor should there be, and so I'm never sure what they saw and what they didn't, or, or if I disagree. As far as a call on the ball over the top of the foul pole, you would need a camera on the foul pole pointing straight up to make a totally accurate call, sort of like the goal line camera in football. We don't know why they upheld the ruling on the fabulous Perez play, simply that they upheld the ruling on the field. Sometimes they don't view, or they don't have the view they wish they had and must uphold the ruling due to the possibility of the ump saw something they can't. So, yeah, that's, that's basically what we're saying here is, you know, really the, the subtexters are calling for more cameras and more review yeah. and more angles, which is surprising. I, I, would, I would think that more of, these, uh, more of the folks would be a little old school and want to just go back to the umpires calling it. Yeah, I'm I'm a big proponent of replay, Joe. I know there's been some, you know, some glitches, um, but I think yeah, I think well, it takes the umpires off the hook too, don't you? I mean, there's right, nobody exactly. Austin Armando Galarraga a perfect game now. I, you know what? That's I when you when you said I'm a big proponent of replay, um, my immediate response was to was to want to say, well, you had to cover the um, Armando Galarraga <laughs> game, so so of course you're going to be a big proponent of replay. <laughs> yeah, Anybody. Yeah. Any reporter who had to, who was there and had to sit through that. Uh, oh my God, Jim Joyce crying <laughs> while he's talking to reporters. God, I felt so bad for him. Oh Jeez, my oh goodness, man. Well, but but that's it. That you know, one experience like that makes you a believer in replay for life. It's yeah, not yeah. hard to understand. But you know, I just from the naked eye, I thought uh, I thought Dyson got back into second base in the in the ninth inning. Right, that was my. That was it. I thought. I thought Lindor blocked him off with his foot with his one hand, but I thought he wrapped around with his left hand and, and had the bag. So I, I, I still don't know because the, the umpire was out of position. Right. And that's, and that's the whole thing. The umpire called what he saw and he couldn't, he, he couldn't have seen that hand on the back of the bag. So, but uh, you know, I did want to bring up, you mentioned Perez. I, I did want to, uh, you know, bring up the fact that Roberto Perez came back and, and immediately made an impact defensively for the Indians in that game. Uh, what did you think of, of the way Perez was, be able, was, was able to get back in, uh, you know, to the swing of things after missing 17 games? I loved it. I, you know, I thought the, the way he, uh, you know, it looked like um, he called a great game. Uh, he got uh, Carrasco through four and a third shaky innings. Uh, then he handled the bullpen great, and he threw great. I mean, that was a great throw to second base in the ninth inning. Probably changed, saved the game right there. Mm -hmm. and, and uh, you know he had a another nice throw earlier in the game. When when was that? When I think it was the third inning when uh, the uh, was it Kevin Newman tried to bunt, and he he jumped up yeah. from behind the plate, uh, scooped up the bunt, threw it down to second base, and and got the lead runner there. Yeah. So so yeah, you know there's a reason why he's the the best defensive player in, in baseball basically by any metric last year, uh, and and it showed last night when the Indians needed it. Yeah, and he's still moving around good behind the plate, knocked some balls down. Uh, loved it. 
I think uh, hopefully, you know, he, he gets a few games under his belt and starts swinging the bat and uh, gives them another bat at the bottom of the lineup. Well, the, uh, the Indians offense, uh, you know, after uh, a nice strong showing on uh, Sunday and a, and a day off, uh, you know, didn't necessarily tear the cover off the ball, but they gave him enough to win. The, the stat where the Indians are, are what, uh, 11 and 0 if they score more than yeah three, uh, three or more runs three or more runs that's that's important it's also rather jarring that it's only been 11 games that they've scored three or more runs yeah. uh that that's that's a bit shocking and disconcerting but uh again that's just an indication that when when the lineup behaves the way that you know Chris Antonetti Terry Francona uh have, have assembled the lineup to 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 work, you know, they can, they can win ball games that way. That's how they win is, is when, uh, you know, Cesar Hernandez gets on base, uh, Francisco Lindor moves them around. They get, they get pop from, from uh, Jose Ramirez, Fran Mil Reyes and uh, Carlos Santana in the middle of the lineup. Uh, and, and even you got a guy like uh, Tyler Naquin contributing uh, from, from the sixth spot. Yeah. I mean, uh, last night, uh, all the runs were scored by the top four guys in the lineup, and uh, Carlos uh, drove in five of the six runs. So, you know, that's that's working to perfection. We haven't seen that a lot, but I think uh, they, they'd like to see a lot more of that. What, what Do you think we're gonna have, uh, they're going to have to deal with uh, Terry Francona kind of being in and out of the team, Joe, this year? What, I, what do you think? I think it might be an ongoing uh, process, depending on how long this uh, – this latest procedure, we were we were kind of surprised by that uh, to to have uh, Mike Chernoff come on and, and tell us that that Terry Francona is going to miss this entire series uh, after missing eight games, uh, you know, over the last couple of weeks, and, and Sandy Alomar was the acting manager. But uh, Chernoff said, and 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 the Indians, uh, you know, backed him up. Uh, they're they're comfortable with Sandy in there as yeah. the acting manager. He he really has sort of you know fit in seamlessly and. And I think that bodes well for the organization's future overall. Yeah, that's that's a good point, Joe. Because you know, Francona's not going to manage forever. Right. Maybe you know now you know you've got your manager in waiting, sitting there. I mean, Sandy's been here forever, but he certainly hasn't done you know himself any any harm with the way he's handled handled the the, handled the team and the way the team is gelled around him. Now the question is, if somebody comes after him. You know, another team comes after him in the off season. What do you do? So that's gonna that'll be an interesting scenario. To watch. Right, and 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 I mean, you could do something where you where you sign Sandy Alomar to a contract and say, look, uh, you're gonna be the the manager in waiting while while Tito plays out the rest of this contract. But uh, I, for one, wouldn't mind having Sandy Alomar just step right into that that role because uh, he's been a, a real pleasure to deal with. Uh, you've obviously, uh, you know covered him for longer than than any of us but uh you know Sandy's I think Chernoff said yesterday he said you know to have a guy with a not just a good guy but a great baseball mind and, yeah. and you could tell he's 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 got something to say about everybody we ask him about and that's you know it, it, he's he, he's showing that a reason why he'd be a, a real good fit as a manager down the line yeah just like uh, Francona comes from a baseball family I mean you know, uh, Hall of Fame brother, his his father played forever in the big leagues. So there's a lot of there's a lot of knowledge rattling around in that head of his. 
with Hall of Fame brother Roberto Alomar, obviously Hall of Famer. Uh, if if the Indians win in '95 and '97, is Sandy Alomar a Hall of Famer? Wow! I mean, think about it. That's Robbie a Alomar, question. Robbie Alomar won two World Series, and and that pretty much cemented him as as a with the way that he played. He, I mean, he was a top five player in the game in his, yeah. in his prime. So he, he obviously he had the numbers and he had everything yeah. behind him. Alomar, uh, Sandy though, uh, I, you know he was he was the only consistent thing through those those great '90s teams, right? Yeah, him and him and Omar. The one thing with Sandy, he, he got hurt a lot, and he yeah you know, he really didn't play, you know he was in and out of the lineup, and the, I think that detracted from him. Now I'm not. I'm not I love him, you know, and I love mm-hmm. watching him play. He played for 20 years. He's a six-time All-Star, um, you know, so – but, you know – Probably I, I don't just know. short of the Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah. Probably just I'm short. Just, and that's just me, and I – and I, you know, I told Sandy that too. So, I, but I, Robbie, to me, that he was the best player I've ever seen. Wow. He could do everything. Wow. You know, just do everything. Defense, offense, he could hit for power, he could run. You know, he could uh, hit for average. The three years he, he played here in Cleveland, I thought he could have been the MVP every year. All I three mean, of those years, yeah. And then he just kind of fell off the face of the earth when he left. All right. All right. Well, uh, let's hope the Indians don't fall off the face of the earth. The next uh, next game tonight, Wednesday night in Pittsburgh, we get Aaron Savali on the mound, and we'll uh, we'll see how things go tomorrow here when we get back with you on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Yeah, they need a good start. You know, they need Savali to go six, seven innings here to save that bullpen. Right. We didn't even talk. Tony's, we didn't even talk about the bullpen, and we're running out of time. So we'll get to the bullpen tomorrow. Hopefully we got good things to say. We'll check in with you then. 